live from Los Angeles. It's Rabbi on the Sidelines with Erez Sherman. We are joined this morning by the general manager of Team Israel Baseball, who is on the way to Tokyo for the Olympics 2021. Rabbi on the Sidelines, where sports and faith intersect. Peter joins us live from Giva Time in Israel. Peter, it's so nice to have you this morning or for this evening. Laila Tov or Erev Tov. Thank you, Rabbi. Thank you, Rabbi Sherman. It's great to be here. Good morning in Los Angeles. Yes. So um, we are on a timely topic here, and that's why this special edition of Rabbi on the Sidelines is happening today. Because as many people, in fact, don't know, Israel is going to the Olympics for baseball. Six teams qualified, and that means 50% chance that we're going to come away with the medal. So we're going to hop right into there. Israel and baseball. Often people say sports and faith. Perhaps they don't intersect. But Israel and baseball, how do they intersect, and how did you come to that? Uh, they intersect uh, in a lot of ways. I mean, baseball has been in Israel for a long time. It's been over 45 years that baseball has uh, was established in Israel. The Israel Association of Baseball um, is the Israeli Federation for all of baseball in Israel. Um, it's sort of like MLB and the American Baseball Association put together. Um, we run all the activities of baseball in Israel. Today we have over 1,000 kids and adults playing baseball in Israel, um, from Beersheba in the south to Metula in the north. Um Activities going on, all age groups from the age of six up to adult. We have an adult league of five teams, and we also send national teams overseas to uh, international tournaments. And are they Americans who made Aliyah playing baseball? Are they Israelis playing baseball? Who has that glove and mitt? The original ones were certainly Americans who made Aliyah to Israel. Um, but as the, as the years have developed, more and more Israelis have come to love the game. As they go overseas to America, they see the game, they ESPN, uh, Fox News, Fox Sports, they watch it on TV, they get to appreciate the game. Today, if you come to Tel Aviv on a Friday afternoon, the Tel Aviv Sport Tech, you'll hear Hebrew, um, you know, you'll hear words mixed in like uh, um, uh, ball and strike uh, mixed in there because there aren't really Hebrew words for that, although there are really Hebrew words for that, but they don't use them that much. But today, over 50% of the kids are Israeli, were born in Israel with Sabras, um, you have your, still your clusters of Americans in Renana, in Beit Shemesh, um, where we're building new fields, actually. Um, but, but more and more Israelis are learning the game and loving the game. It's not the top sport in Israel by far. Basketball and soccer are still way up there. But we're growing. We're growing. We're getting bigger. And hopefully after the Olympics, with the exposure of the Olympics, we'll, uh, we'll be able to double our, our players in the league. So 45 years of baseball in Israel, little leagues, different teams. Now the Olympics. Take us on that journey to creating that team. Uh, I've been watching actually several times over this past couple of years, Headed Home, the documentary about the team going into the World Baseball Classic. If you have not watched that documentary, please go on, Nef, uh, go on, go on your TV, search it. It's there. It's an amazing, amazing story. Tell us, how did you create this team? How did you decide who was going to be on this team to take to the Olympics for Team Israel of Baseball? Um, the story, the story of international base of Israel and international baseball actually started um, probably in 2007, um, which was 13 years ago. We're celebrating the bar mitzvah now of the um, Israel Baseball League. That was the first professional league that was in Israel. Um, it lasted for one summer. It was a fantastic summer. 120 players came to Israel, played in that league. Six teams. Um, managers were Archamsky, um, um, Bloomberg, our, uh, our Bloomberg. They were there. Um, they were managers of the teams. Um, unfortunately, it lasted only one summer. But we made a lot of contacts, a lot of connections to Major League Baseball. 
Um, fast forward to 2012, Major League Baseball came to us and asked if we wanted to put up a team in the World Baseball Classic. Um, at the time, it was the qualifiers. Um, we, we obviously said yes. We couldn't turn anything like that down. To make a long story short, maybe we'll get more into this later, we played in the WBC in 2016 and 2017. After 2017, um, we had a great bunch of Jewish-American ballplayers who were playing baseball for Team Israel, who were proud to have Israel across their chests. Um, on the other hand, I also had a team of national team players here in Israel, adult national team players. We were somewhat mediocre in European competition. We were in the B pool in the European competition, and these were all passport holders. These were all original mm -hmm. passport holders. Um, by, by the way, including one kid who today pitches in the Baltimore Orioles, um, Dean Kramer, had a passport for when he was born. He was born in the States, but he used to play for Team Israel on our national team. And in 2017, we had a situation where baseball was coming back to the Olympics. It was announced that they would come back to the Olympics. Um, and we had a situation where I, I approached the players who played for us in the WBC, and I asked them if they wanted to take on Israeli citizenship, to make Aliyah, to come to Israel, to become Israelis, um, to be able to play on the national team. And hopefully, maybe, perhaps, who knows, in 2019, playing for qualification for the Olympics. Um, and in 2019, we had to we had to go through four different tournaments in the summer of 2019 in four different countries: uh, Bulgaria, a hotbed of baseball in Europe, <laughs> uh, from Bulgaria to Lithuania to Germany to Italy, where the Olympic qualifiers were held. And in the end, we won the Olympic qualifiers. So let's go a little more in depth of who these players are, because we were talking a little offline about the heritage rule in the WBC, in the World Baseball Classic, and then the law of return, which so many of us are familiar with within the state of Israel, right? The law of return that if you have one Jewish grandparent, tomorrow you can be an Israeli citizen and make Aliyah. Take that, and then in the headed home, I love when you had that uh, the board, and you're like, uh, Goldberg on Facebook, he's got to be Jewish. Let's see if he's got one Jewish grandparent. And you literally blind called these people. And the response was amazing. Like, yes, I'm going to come there. So take us through the recruitment of literally researching who had one Jewish grandparent of the best baseball talent in America making Aliyah to go to Israel. Okay. Um, it, it wasn't easy. Let's put it yes. that way. Uh, today it's a lot easier. Today people are coming to us because they hear about us. But in 2012, when we got our first invitation to the WBC, um, we weren't a known quantity. Um, we, got, we were able to, to recruit Brad Ausmus. Um, to be our manager, to be the manager of the team. Also, Gabe Kapler and Sean Green were coaches of the team. So those wow. were named players already out there. Um, and we approached, We again, as you said, it's easy to go through the names, you know, Goldberg, Cohen, Katz. Those are, mm -hmm. those are the simple ones. Um, but to find somebody, for example, like Ty Kelly. Yeah. Uh, Ty Kelly grew up, uh, he went to an Irish, uh, Irish college, Irish school. Um, his father is Catholic. Um, but... A few years before, in a minor league game, in a single-A game, he was signing autographs for some kids, and the kids had a yarmulke on. Um, and he said to them, you know, I'm also Jewish. Wow. And somehow the kids told the father, and the father filtered that down to me, and it got to me, and I called him time. I asked him if he wants to play for Team Israel. And he said, sure. And his mother's Jewish, so he's got Jewish lineage there. Um, and based on the heritage rule that's in process in the WBC, people who can get citizenship in your country are allowed to play for your country without having citizenship. Mm -hmm. So we were able to put together a team which had a few native Israelis, um, but also had mostly Jewish American ballplayers um, who we recruited. And again, in 2012, it was much more difficult. Um, we went out and we found these players. We had to prove to MLB that they could get citizenship. 
So we had to, uh, you know, bar mitzvah certificates or bris certificates or, you know, their parents' bar mitzvah certificates, or in one case or in a couple of cases, we took pictures of their the tombstones of their grandparents. Yeah, that was amazing to see that. Right? Wow. And wow. having a Jewish star there. So mostly it wasn't the players that much. It was mostly I, I turned to the to the parents. If a player told me he was Jewish, so I said, okay, let him, let him play. Let him be in, you know, majors, minors, wherever they are, let them play baseball. And let me talk to their parents. So I mm -hmm. spoke to their parents. I said, you must have a drawer someplace in your home where you have these documents. Mm -hmm. You know, you've got pictures from his bar mitzvah. You've got, a, you know, the birth certificate or something. Somewhere you've got something. And as an example, I don't think he'll mind me saying this, Ike Davis. Um, Ike Davis, I spoke to his mother. And for hours that evening, she was looking around for some kind of documentation. Yes. Everybody knows Ike Davis is Jewish. And, and she's Jewish. And, and it was very clear that he was Jewish. But I needed documentation. And after a couple of days, she was able to find a certificate. I don't remember exactly what I, what I found there. But she was able to find a certificate that was able to uh, pacify MLB baseball and let him play for Team Israel. And he did play for us in 2016 and 2017. So you gather these guys from literally around the world, mostly here in the U.S., and you take them to Israel on their first trip. And I love that scene of on the airplane, I, you describe who they take. And Ty Kelly takes his mother, and this person takes their wife, and this person takes their girlfriend. And I, I, that, that scene of them looking out the window over, you know, a Ben-Gurion for that first time. I don't remember who said it, but in the movie it says, this was more of a country-building trip than a team-building trip. Describe maybe a highlight of that trip when you realize, like, this was beyond baseball, what you were doing. Again, remember the times. <clears throat> it was early 2017. We had just qualified for the WBC for the main tournament. Um, these guys came to Israel for, for a week. Um, none of them, uh, a couple of them had been to Israel earlier when they were, when they were youth. Um, but for the most part, they were coming to visit the country that they would play for. Again, not what's going on today, not the Olympics and not citizenship and not making Aliyah, just coming to visit the country. Um, some of them were, 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 were together to connected to their religion, connected to Judaism. Uh, Jeremy Bleich had a bar mitzvah, others uh, celebrated the holidays. Some of them were totally disconnected, disconnected to Judaism completely. They got to Israel. They weren't sure what to anticipate, what to expect. Um, they had a great time. The first day we took them to Jaffa and the second day we took them to Tel Aviv on bicycles and then we took them to Jerusalem. Um, and I remember there's two, there's two scenes that I remember that were very poignant. Um, one was in Masada, mm -hmm. uh, you know, obviously Jerusalem and the Wailing Wall and everything. They were there for Friday night. Those are very important moments, but on Masada looking out, um, and understanding the importance of Masada to everybody, to the Jewish, the Jewish heritage. Um, and unfortunately, that day, there was also a terrorist incident in Jerusalem. And the truck yeah, went to right. soldiers and killed a few soldiers and everything. Um, and they hadn't heard about it because obviously they were disconnected from everything. Um, and it was the morning. But we, we gathered them together after Masada and we told them that story. And they were like, OK, you know, we didn't know about it or anything. Let's go on. And then all of a sudden, about three o'clock in the afternoon, they started getting calls from the States, from their parents, from their relatives, from their families. You know, are you okay? Is everything okay? We know you were in Jerusalem and everything. Everything's fine. And they started seeing what, and they, they, all of a sudden they understood and they realized what it meant to be Israeli, what it meant to be um, in, in the situation that we're in in Israel. Um, and they felt a much stronger association with Israel and being part of that. Um, the second incident was going to the, to the Baptist village, which is our main field at Petah Tikva. Um, it's a very nice, high school level field. Today we're building two new fields, both in Beit Shemesh and in, in Renata. Um, but the, the Baptist village is still our main focus, our main field. And when the bus gets there, 
hundreds of kids. I mean, there's a thousand kids in the IAB. There must have been 500 kids that day. We're just swarming the bus and swarming them and trying to get autographs and everything. And they had to come off the bus and signing autographs and selfies. And that day they were there for about four or five hours. They spent, I think they had a selfie or an autograph for every kid that was out there. And there was such enthusiasm and such, uh, it was incredible experience to be there and to see that kind of enthusiasm among the kids. So let's go to the games for a minute. We'll see the clip of uh, the out that brought Team Israel to the Olympics. Right-hander is working quickly, and he comes home. And this ball's flown out to right field. Simon Rosenbaum reaches up, and that's the out that ends it. We could say it. It's official next year in Tokyo. Israel's going to the Olympic Games. What was that moment like being right there? Israel's going to the Olympic Games. Describe that. Oh, wow. Every time I watch it, I still get goosebumps. Um, I, I usually don't, don't stay in the dugout during the games. I go up to the stands. I stay there for the pregame. I go up to the stands. I spend my time in the stands. It's hard for me to sit down at all. I, I, travel, I wander all around the stands, trying to see it from different viewpoints. In the ninth inning, in the eighth inning, it was the eighth inning because we won in eight innings. Um, right. the, 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 the point spread. Um, I came down to the dugout and I was there standing next to the coach, standing next to the manager um, with my son also. And it was just to see Shlomo. Shlomo was out in the mound. Shlomo Lippitz. He's our veteran pitcher. Um, he's been, he's, he's 42 years old. He's been playing for teams in Israel for national teams since for the last 35 years. Jeez. He was on the first national team we ever sent to a little league tournament in Germany. Um, and he's been with us every year since. Uh, he grew up in the program. He lives in New York today, but he grew up in the program. Every summer he comes to Israel to play with us. He was on the mound that day. He's the classic player. He'll be on the mound in Tokyo with us. Um, and it was fantastic to see him there and get that final out. Um, but just to go back a little bit to, 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 the, to 2017 and after the WBC, mm-hmm. um, when, when we heard about that the, Olymp- that the baseball would be back in the Olympics because it hasn't been there for 12 years, and Israel had a chance to qualify – I sat with the manager with Eric Holtz in New York, and I said right. to him, listen, all we have to do is we have to win the, uh, win the, the B pool in, uh, in Bulgaria, um, win the playoff with the other B pool winner in Lithuania, um, go on four weeks later to Germany and be in the top five in the, in the A pool, and the next week we had to go to Italy and win the qualifiers. Yeah, seems said, pretty simple. We can do it. This was a team, this was a national team that was in the B pool, a mediocre team in the B pool. And I said, this is, this is going to be in the summer of 2019. It's going to be over 10 weeks. We can do it. He looked at me. He said, you're crazy. And he said, but I'm with you. Mm-hmm. And I then spoke to 10 of the players that were with us in the WBC team. And I said, listen, you guys, you got to make Aliyah. You got to come to Israel. You played for us. You were excited about it. Some of you came to visit Israel. We want you there. We want you help to help build the program. Um, none of them said no. They all, they asked some questions and everything. They filled out the forms. There's a lot of paperwork you have to do. You have to get a letter from a rabbi, um, proof and everything. There's FBI reports. It's a lot of, a lot of not, it's not so simple to make Aliyah. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're eligible, but it's not so simple. They came in 2019, in, in 2018, in the winter of 2018. We brought 10 players over. Four months later, we brought four more players over. They drank from the Kool-Aid. Let's put it that yeah. way. They bought yeah. into it. Um, they visited there. They've all been there at least twice. They've gone all over the country. They've given given clinics to all the kids. They're still in contact with a lot of the kids. A lot of the kids come to the States and meet with them. Mm -hmm. They're part of Team Israel. They're Israeli players, and they're part of Team Israel. And they played for us in the summer of 2019. 
and they were enthusiastic and they were loving every minute of it. Unfortunately, the Olympics have been delayed for a year, postponed for right. a year, but now it's coming up. It's going to be in four months. Um, we have Zoom calls all the time, and I'm meeting them in two weeks. In two weeks, we're going to have our first camp, our first training camp in, in Arizona um, from the 10th to the 15th of, of, of uh, May. Um, and Team Israel is ready. No doubt about it. Actually, right before the pandemic, and thankfully, uh, five of those players are sitting right here in Southern California in our neighborhood. We had a Shabbat at Sinai Temple that Zach Pempreys, Ty Kelly, and Blake Galen came to Shabbat services. It was the easiest program to recruit for Shabbat morning. We had the most young families at Shabbat in years. And I was watching these, not just kids, but parents looking at their children saying, you, based on the law of return, you can be the next Israeli Olympic baseball players. Um, it was an amazing, amazing moment, and we hope to continue uh, to continue that connection as well. I want to talk about the faith aspect on the team as well. In that documentary of Headed Home, there's an amazing moment where I believe it was the equipment manager who was observing the first yard site of his father, and in the dugout, there's a huddle. And they say, yes, it's your father's yard site. You're wearing a baseball uniform, but we're going to say the Kaddish. And there's another scene right after that where I believe it was Purim, and all of a sudden you're reading the Megillah in the dugout. That's not a normal situation in sports. Describe that intersection of sports and faith and how you bring that into the team aspect as well. The president of the IAB is Jordy Alter. Um, I was the president at the time, but I stepped down a few months ago, but he's the current president, um, and he's uh, religious Shomer Shabbat. Um, as are many of the players in the IAB. Probably more than half are Shomer Shabbat. Um, most of the American immigrants that came uh, from from America are Shomer Shabbat. Um, although we also have a nice contingent in, in Tel Aviv and elsewhere around the country that are not Shomer Shabbat. But we certainly respect that as, as, as an organization. Obviously, in Israel, we don't have any games on Shabbat. We don't play any games on, on, on Shabbat or anything like that on holidays. Um, when we go overseas, sometimes you have to do that. Yeah. You have to play tournaments on Shabbat. Um, actually, the European Championship this year in 2021, in September, after we come back from the Olympics, is going to be over Yom Kippur. Oh, wow. I, I told the organizers in advance, I told them months ago, Israel will not play on Yom Kippur. So mm-hmm. plan the schedule whatever way you want to. Mm-hmm. That week is fine. That, those 24 hours of Yom Kippur, Israel will not play. And they, wow. they, they appreciate that and they understand that. And they're not making us play that day. Um, also, the WBC in 2012 actually was the day after Rosh Hashanah. It started the day after Rosh Hashanah. We had an incredible ceremony the evening before, for a few evenings before when Rosh Hashanah Eve was there. We invited, we had all the players come in. Um, so many of them got up and said the brachot. Um, yes. we, we, again, we're Israeli, okay? And Israelis are different than American Jews, mm-hmm. okay? I was born in America. I've been living in Israel for 32 years now. We take religion a little bit differently than many of the American Jews take religion. Mm-hmm. Um, for me personally, I'm not Shomer Shabbat, but it's a heritage. I'm very, very proud of my Jewish heritage, and I'm, I'm Jewish. I'm, there's no doubt about it, and I'm proud of it, and I try to instill that pride in our team and, and the direction that we go into. Not necessarily religion, but heritage, and that's crucial. When we, had, when we, went, to the WB, when we went to the WBC in Tokyo, um, and we knew it would fall on Purim, um, Jordy right away, you know, said, I'm getting, he got a Megillah. Um, we also have another, one of our trainers is Shomer Shabbat. And they said they would read the Megillah and we would wow. do it in the dugout before the game. And any, not to interfere with anything, any player who wants to join us and be together with us could join us. And quite a few players did join us to read the Megillah. 
um, and we read the Megillah, and it was great, and people were snapping their feet whenever uh, Haman's name was said, and all the things that you had to do there. And that was, again, that was more, that was a religious aspect, aspect but it was also a heritage kind of aspect. Um, and also when we heard that, uh, that Eric had a, had a yard site, right away, I mean, it was like, you know, of course, you know, you have to say Kaddish. Obviously, we have a minion. Not a problem having a minion there on a baseball team. Uh, that's, that's, a, that's a baseball team of minion, 10 players. Um, so we had a minion for him and we, and he sit his yard site and it was, it was for him, it was very emotional because it was the first time, first of all, he'd been in baseball for 45 years. It was the first time he was able to do it on a baseball field and, and, mm-hmm. and sit his yard site there. And it was an incredible emotional feeling for him as everything was with his team. I mean, just every place we turned to with his team, you know, we had Friday night dinners together. Um, you know, whenever Friday night came, we'd, we'd sit, we'd have it together. Um, we'd have halot and we'd have wine and, you know, making it the way it should be a nice kosher way it should be. Um, and the guys appreciated it. There were guys who had no connection to Judaism during their baseball careers. A lot of players don't because it's a problem trying to be religious during your baseball career, your major league career, or minor league career. Um, but they appreciated that we could celebrate these things together as a team. So let's do a light topic and then a little heavier topic. The mensch on the bench that became uh, part of this team. Uh, is the mensch coming to uh, Tokyo and how did that come about? And uh, it, got, it got some nice press as well. The Mensch on the Bench uh, will not be in Tokyo. No, oh, no. Tokyo. It's it's the Mensch is left for the WBC team. Okay. It's not the Team Israel national team. Okay, Got it's it. a WBC team where Cody Decker came and he it was his idea. We had it in Brooklyn. We had a small doll in Brooklyn, um, and then the people who made the Mensch on the Bench gave him a huge doll to take to uh, to Korea first. Um, and he got a, actually he got a seat of kavod um, when we took the flight from Korea to 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 Tokyo. The stewardesses were laughing and had a good time about that. Um, but he was with us there, um, and he was a big part of the team then at the time. He was evidently in the Far East. When they see a mascot, they take it very, very seriously. Mm. Um, and they, they, there was more press and f- pictures of the bench on the bench than a lot of our players um, because they all wanted to come there and understand what he is and what he was. But this team, the national team of Israel, will not have a bench on the bench. The bench on the bench is very much of a – Galut kind of personality, and we leave it for that team. And this team has its own personality, which is Israel, and we're moving forward with Israel. I think also, again, it's important for us that this team succeeds well in the Olympics, um, not in order to succeed well, but in order to be able to, to grow baseball in Israel. Yeah, um, Israel has nine Olympic medals. Um, this is the first time there's a team going to the Olympics for Israel in 45 years. The last time was in Montreal in 1976 when they sent a soccer team. And this is the first time since then when they sent it, when they're sending a team. When I came back in September of 2019 from the qualifiers, um, Israel had a delegation of about 45 athletes going to going to uh, to Tokyo at the time. I brought an additional 24 athletes, Jeez. so they were very happy for that. But it was it was uh, also frustrating for them because uh, they they realized that they didn't have a budget for that. Um, and unfortunately, the way the Israeli government has been the last couple of years, um, there's still no budget. Um, they're working on the budget of 2018 when there was not a Team Israel in baseball going to the Olympics. So we're getting very little financial help from the government, and that's why we're trying to raise money um, through the JNF and through the uh, platform, the JNF platform, and through the 25 campaign, which we'll talk about maybe later, um, exactly. to raise money to get the Jewish community behind us. Yeah, so let's talk about JNF because most people think that they're <clears throat> planting trees in Israel, right? Each child here at Sinai Temple gets two trees planted in Israel on behalf of their bar and bat mitzvah. But what is right. that connection with the Jewish National Fund and um, the Team Israel Baseball? And um, how can we, outside of Israel, uh, help you get to Tokyo in the right way? 
the Jewish National Fund in the United States is, is helping Team Israel. Um, they've been helping us for the last uh, 15 years build fields in Israel. <clears throat> Again, that's their major, major modus uh, operandi, uh, um, to build the fields in Israel, to help the youth in Israel play baseball and play that game. Right now, we're building fields in Beit Shemesh and in Renana. Thanks to the JNF, to their support. We're also looking to get more money to make the sport tech field in Tel Aviv, to put up lights and to have that there. Nice. Um, but in addition to that, they're supporting us also for the um, for the baseball team. Um, we're trying to send this team to Tokyo um, the best way. <clears throat> Obviously, we have a mini camp in, in, in Arizona. We have mini camps in, in the Northeast in July. We have expenses. We're raising money for these expenses. What you see here is the platform where you can go into to, 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 to support us. Um, and we're talking about the Jewish world being the 25th player. We're sending 24 players to Tokyo, 24 mentions to Tokyo, um, and we want all the Jewish all the Jewish population, the Jewish community, to be the 25th player, to join us there, to help us spiritually, to help us mentally, um, to help us psychologically, and also to help us financially. So, so let's, look at the, uh, let's look at the video of the 25th player to show what Peter's speaking about. And... Um, those little league fans, baseball fans everywhere can uh, help Team Israel. Here we go. Oops, one second. This July, Team Israel will take 24 players to Tokyo, Japan for the Olympic Games. You can be the 25th player. The 2021 Olympics will be an explosive return to normalcy for the entire world. We'll be there. In the dugout, on the field, at the opening ceremony. Help us get the Tokyo to win a medal. Be the 25th player. Be the 25th player. <laughs> exactly. Um, so how do you how do you do that? And then also you said about uh, building fields in Israel. I know one of those fields is named after Ezra Schwartz, who was such an amazing yeah. uh, baseball fan who was unfortunately his life was taken by terrorists and just a couple of years ago from Boston. Um, what's that connection as well? Uh, Ezra was in his uh, was in his gap year in Israel. Um, I believe it was four years ago, four or five years ago. Right. Um, and he was, as you mentioned, killed by terrorists. Um, his cousins, his cousins and his uncle live in Renana. Um, and they put together a fund together with the JNF, um, donating towards the field that we're building in Renana, which will be called after Ezra Schwartz. Um, and that's 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 the story. It's our um, our way of memorizing his memory and putting it into a field. He was a huge baseball fan. His parents are behind the project. His brothers and sisters are behind the project, and they're building the field right now. So I'm hoping uh-huh. that hopefully by the winter of 2021 and, and the end of the year. Um, we can dedicate that field and dedicate the ceremony and have Ezra's parents uh, come to Israel and be there. Um, at the same time, we're also building a new field in Beit Shemesh, um, which is our biggest area. We have the most population there. Um, the kids in Beit Shemesh are all playing baseball in four or five uh, fields around the around the city of Beit Shemesh and Kibbutzim and Moshavim. Not even fields. I mean, I'm talking about soccer fields and, and open areas. There's really no baseball field there. And this will be a field dedicated to baseball, which will be much different. So take us to the games this uh, summer. What do we expect? What do we want to look out for? And uh, how do we follow you in like a real deep, meaningful way this summer? Well, first of all, I mean, the team that qualified in 2019 has been supported by a few other additional players that we were able to bring on um, and bring on Aliyah. 
Um, guys like Ryan LaVarnway. Ryan LaVarnway was, mm-hmm. after he got Israeli citizenship, he played for the Miami Marlins. So he's officially the first Israeli to ever play MLB at the major league nice. level um, because he was the first one. Dean Kramer was the second one because he had his appearance a few months after that. Um, we have uh, Jake Fishman, who's a pitcher in, uh, in AAA um, for, for the Marlins as well. Um, there's also um, a few. Uh, there's also Jazai. Jazai was a very, very successful pitcher of, pitcher of ours in the WBC. He's trying to make a comeback after a few years. So we'll see how he is in, uh, in May in, uh, in, in Arizona. And the last person um, who's shown in that movie there actually made Aliyah just before the corona came in. Um, and that's a nice, a cute little story. Um, Ian Kinsler, who for 14 years was a major leaguer, a four-time All-Star. Um, he retired in the, in the winter of 2019. Um, I had been in contact with him about the WBC team before. I asked him if he wanted to come on Aliyah and join us, and he was very enthusiastically said yes. He was supposed to come with his wife at the end of March in 2019. Um, by the end of February, I realized that the corona was starting to get more serious. Um, thank you, Andrew, for putting that up there. Um, and uh, Andrew is, from, is, is somebody that I know. I guess he's watching. Um, <laughs> So we, I, I told him, listen, you have to come a little bit quicker. We can't wait till the end of March. You've got to come the beginning of March. It's poor in Israel, but come the beginning of March. And he said, okay. And him and his wife came, and when he, they flew from Dallas to New York, when they got to New York, they said, listen, should we still come to Israel? I understand the prime minister is going to speak soon about the situation. I said, no, come. It's open. It's going to, you can come. You can get here. And I wasn't even sure, but he was on the plane coming. He arrived at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. At 9 o'clock that night, Prime Minister Netanyahu spoke on television and said the airport was going to be closed wow. um, and would only and anybody who came would have to be two weeks in, in quarantine. And remember, March of 2019, it was just the beginning of people understanding what the corona was. Exactly. So he got in there. He was there for three days. In those three days, I think he saw 700 kids in Israel. He wow. was on the field constantly. He was always there teaching them. He's dying to come back. I'm dying to bring him back. Um, when we went to the interior ministry to get his passport, they asked him to wear a mask and gloves. Okay, mm-hmm. today wearing a mask and gloves seems natural. Yeah. But in March of 2019, nobody was wearing a mask and gloves. And they said, he came from America, he has to wear a mask and gloves. <laughs> he has the and he's used to wearing the glove, so that's good. Yeah, exactly. So he said, fine, he was fine. You know, he came, put on the mask and gloves, and came there and got his passport, and has been back since, and has done fundraisers for us, is going to be in, in Arizona with us, is going to be playing um, for a few weeks before the camp in July, um, in Long Island for the uh, for the Long Island Ducks. Him and Danny Valencia will be there. Everybody, all these guys are taking it extremely seriously. They're right. all playing minor league ball or, minor, or independent league ball. They've all got teams that they're playing on now. Um, they'll be coming in July. They'll be ready. Team Israel will be ready. And we want to so, – our goal is to get a medal. Our goal is to play in the last game and to get a medal. So I want to ask one last question about uh, a more serious topic, and that's anti-Semitism. It was brought up in the uh, in, in the documentary. Some of these players, and I don't remember who it was, but they were in a bar and they said, oh, you're Jewish. I want to talk to you. And that was in Santa Monica, by the way. Right. right. And now they go to Israel and they see a different type of feel. And now they're representing, as you said, the Jewish heritage, but also the Jewish homeland. Has there been when you've gone through Europe and the WBC and all the different international competitions, have you faced any anti-Semitism through other teams or the fans? And in this type of world today, what do you expect in Tokyo and how do you prepare a team for that? There, there's definitely anti-Semitism in Europe. That There's no doubt about it. I faced it many times. I've faced it a few times in the past. 
Um, not obvious anti-Semitism, but just remarks like, oh, you guys have all the money um, mm. and things like that. Not anything overt, not violence, nothing like that. Um, whenever Team Israel goes overseas, we have uh, protection from the uh, Secret Service, from the Israeli Secret Service. Um, the guys realized that this past summer um, that, you know, they're not, it's not another team. Um, mm -hmm. We're not like any, any other team. We're a different team. We need that protection. We need that security. They also are looking around more. They're more aware of their, their, their surroundings, as are all the national teams that we send overseas from the kids who are eight years old up until adult. You know, they know not to go around with anything, any caps or anything with Israel on it, not to wow. go around with T-shirts with Israel on it, just to keep that on the field. To be on the field, that's fine, but not to go around the cities or anything where you are with that, to be aware of what's going on, not to give any information about what hotel you're in. That's, that's natural for an Israeli national team overseas. Mm -hmm. um, uh, ironically, in the Far East, and we were there in 2017, in Korea and in Japan, the situation is completely different. There's mm -hmm. almost no anti-Semitism there. They don't have the history that Europe had with the anti-Semitism. Mm -hmm. um, when I was in Korea and we met with the, with the Israeli ambassador to Korea, he said his biggest mission in Korea, he's exaggerating, but he said his biggest mission in Korea is to make sure they don't learn the secret mm -hmm. of, of, of being Jewish because they totally respect the Jews, obviously Israelis and also the Jewish people, Nobel Prize winners, you know, everything like that, the greatest scientists, the greatest thinkers. They see that, they take that very seriously, and they appreciate it, and they really appreciate the Jewish uh, knowledge, and they really think that there's some secret behind that, and we just won't, we, we won't tell anybody. <laughs> um, but no, but it's, it's a, Japanese are great hosts. When we were there in Japan, they were great hosts, fantastic hosts. We enjoyed them. We enjoyed being there. We enjoyed playing baseball there, and I think in Tokyo, we'll have a, we'll have a fantastic time. Unfortunately, fans won't, foreign fans won't be able to attend there, so it means our families won't be able to come, but... We'll, 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 we'll do well there. We'll be on television. Um, you asked how we can help uh, the Americans can follow us. Um, the U.S. has not qualified yet. Mm -hmm. um, so far, there's four teams who have qualified for the six positions, Israel, Japan, uh, Mexico, and, and Korea. Um, the U.S. has to qualify either in the America's Qualification Tournament, which will be at the end of May in Florida. Oh, wow. Uh, U.S., Canada, Dominican Republic, Puerto Rico, Venezuela, Colombia, it's not going to be Cuba. It's not going to be an easy tournament. The winner will qualify. The second and third place teams the following week will go to Taiwan, where they'll play against uh, uh, China, Taiwan, Australia, and, uh, and the Netherlands for the second place. Wow. So the, but if the U.S. does qualify, and I do hope they qualify, um, mm -hmm. I assume that NBC Sports will be showing a lot of the games, the baseball games, um, because they'll be the ones who have the licensing for the Olympics. Hopefully they'll be showing our games as well. Um, and, and you can see all the games in NBC Sports. I really don't know yet how else you can see it, but we'll find a way. And well, be hopefully we'll have a Sinai Temple watch party as well. Um, also, uh, so one last question. Actually, one and a half last questions. The first okay. is uh, my colleagues, Rabbi Jeremy Fine and Rabbi Jeff Abraham, uh, very close to Team Israel, who connected with yes. me. Um, and what was their part in, I know they helped make that Aliyah piece. You keep mentioning rabbis getting certificates and things like that. Um, explain that part, how some of my conservative uh, colleagues in, in, in America helped uh, make this happen as well. Well, the great Rabino, Jeremy Fine, is certainly there he is, Jeremy, friend. okay. <laughs> <laughs> He's certainly a close friend of ours. Uh, he actually had a fundraiser for us a few years ago. I was in, uh, in Minnesota with him at the time. Um, he's helped us write a few letters for our players as a rabbi, he's spoken to them and everything. 
He's written letters for the Israeli government, uh, for the Interior Ministry, supporting these players, um, which has been fantastic. He even had a, um, a Jewish draft. I don't know if anybody heard about that, but a couple of months ago, there was a Jewish baseball draft. Um, it was a very nice event for a couple of hours. We had uh, a few teams uh, with our players, with some other personalities, um, um, drafting players, drafting Jewish players, uh, Jewish players, historical Jewish players. Today, there's, um, there's about 10 players playing Major League Baseball who are Jewish. Um, and they're on our sites for the WBC in 2023. Um, but um, we could draft anybody in the history of Jewish baseball. So there's – and basically we didn't really have a game after that, but uh, Jeremy was the judge and he was deciding which team would have won. Um, and that was really that was really a lot of fun. And we look forward to having Jeremy with us uh, a lot more in the future. And, nice, and another rabbi in the Sinai Temple as well. I hope you'll be involved with our team as well. Absolutely. Um Take us to 2028. I know Danny Grossman, uh, also a good friend of ours here at Sinai Temple and a good friend of Team Israel Baseball. He says, uh, looking forward to kids from Sinai Temple working with Team Israel in the 2028 Olympics at Dodger Stadium. I'm actually taking my son for the first time ever to Dodger Stadium tomorrow. Take us to 2028 and how we get Team Israel here and the Los Angeles community supporting them just a couple years out. First of all, the Dodgers have a good history of, uh, of Jewish players. They've had plenty of Jewish players on their team. Unfortunately, Jock Peterson is no longer with the Dodgers. Um, he actually played for Team Israel in 2012 um, as a single-A ball player. He was oh, wow. a 19-year-old kid in single-A, and he played for us in 2012. And he actually had almost had the winning hit against Spain. Unfortunately, it was caught by the right field, and we lost in the 10th inning. Um, but he was, a, he was a great ball player for us. Um, listen, 2028 is the next time baseball is going to be back in the Olympics. The Olympics in three years will be in Paris, and there will not be baseball in the Olympics then. It's oh, become more of an elective sport for any, uh, any, any country who's hosting the Olympics can elect to have five different sports as their elective sports. So LA will also have that. Um, and if, if Team Israel today is made up of, of four, or the Olympic team will be made up of four native Sabras who grew up in Israel and 20 Jewish Americans who made Aliyah, we're really hoping that in 2028, I don't know if that number can be reversed, but I'm hoping that we can at least have double figures of Israelis, native Israelis who are there, as opposed to Jewish Americans who are making Aliyah. And I think we can do that because in addition to Dean Kramer, who's pitching for the Baltimore Orioles, we also have three, four players in colleges in the United States. Again, Israel's a little bit different because from the age of 18 to 21, you have to be in the army. Right, right. Um, and you're allowed to, we're allowed to have certain sportain, we call them, who can play baseball during that time in the army but they're still in the army. They still can't be in the same competition as anybody else. So it's more difficult when you're a 21 year old or 22 year old freshman in college to get anywhere. Um, But they're improving. Our baseball's improving. We have one player playing in Japan, um, in the league in Japan and and baseball in Israel is improving. And we have at least uh, to this, this summer we'll have about five more guys who are sports team in the army. Um, That's a big boost. We're also sending a U18 team to the um, European championships. They won the B pool two years ago. And now we're hoping to do well in the European championships. And that's all made of, Israeli sabers who grew up in Israel. Wow. So you heard it here. Team Israel baseball going to Tokyo. We can't wait to follow Team Israel and as they uh, vie for a medal, again, not just to represent uh, baseball, but really to represent the land of Israel, as we say, Am Yisrael Chai. Peter, it is a pleasure to have you here on Rabbi on the Sidelines, General Manager of Team Israel. If you're interested in supporting, please go to jnf.org and find the baseball link. Uh, we all need to do our part to make sure that we represent the land of Israel in this amazing competition in Tokyo for the 2021 Olympics. Peter, so good to have you on Rabbi Thank on the you. Sidelines. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you, I appreciate it. Have I a good day. It.